0: Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Um, Kind of cool and dreary
1: out today. I don't know some of you may find it to be still a good day to garden little overcast today, not very uh not very warm. It's going to be in the 50s instead. And those of you in the outer areas, the outlying areas of Central Texas, the Hill Country, you may wake up to a freeze tomorrow. It is not super likely for the rest of us, but out there if you haven't frozen already this year, you're probably looking at that possibility the next couple of days. Fortunately, we're talking about a couple of hours of freezing time overnight. We're not talking about it being freezing in the middle of the day. That is critical. It's one thing to suddenly get a freeze and it stays below freezing for you know a couple of hours. There are some plants that aren't gonna appreciate that. But in the big picture, we're gonna warm up again during the day. That's great. When it's really bad is when we hit freezing and we don't come back above freezing for 24, 48, 72 or longer number of hours. That's where we start getting the real cold, um, sinking into the soil we risk breaking pipes etc cetera, etc cetera. not happening this week not happening this week but we may in some areas give you a little touch of cold those of you trying to keep plants going good luck cover them up keep them warm you know one of the things I've noticed uh aside from <clears throat> excuse me aside from uh, lots of uh, weather changes is I don't know if you've noticed, but <clears throat> there's been a ton of woolly caterpillars running around they're all fuzzy. They're black. Um, Sometimes they're black and orange. They're banded. Um, Other times they can be just all black. And they're all wooly. If you look at them, they've got lots of what looks like hair. The other thing about them is they book. You could look at one on the ground. And... He can go, you know, several yards in a minute. They move super fast. Are they a problem? Nope. Nope. They are opportunistic eaters. Pretty much if it's green, they're going to try to eat it. And you'll normally find them closer to the ground. They become a handful of different uh, moths, very pretty moths. Uh, a lot of times you'll see uh, what's called the leopard moth. It's about whoa, inch, inch and a half long, but it's white with spots. Yep, looks like a flying leopard. Quite attractive. They're not Dangerous to us. They are like any other caterpillar. They have food needs. So they can nibble on anything from grass to uh, herbs, whatever they can kind of get in their mouth. So You should be noticing a lot of those here recently. Uh, It's fun to watch because I've, I've got a fairly large piece of property, and I can be walking it, and I may encounter four, five, six of these just on a short little walk, and they are just booking along. They are so busy, they don't stop for anything, And, okay, lots of people, lots of people will tell you that the banding on a woolly caterpillar helps determine the severity of the winter. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Old wives' tale. When we have checked that out, uh, the, the, where the um, weather service has done their bit, there's not really a relationship between the banding and, and the severity of the winter. That is definitely an old wives' tale. And by the way, it is a fairly old wives' tale. The woolly bears were identified and were formally named woolly bears uh In 1797. So they've been around quite a while. We've had plenty of time to study them. But they're not a big deal. They're not going to harm you. They're not even that destructive. And uh, they're kind of cool to watch. And the moth that is produced, there are several varieties of it but uh, they're actually kind of attractive. So if you're out and about, just look down at the ground. It'll be unusual if you don't see one of these woolly bear caterpillars. And they'll probably stand out because you'll notice how fast they're moving. In terms of a caterpillar, it's like they're on roller skates, boy, they cover a lot of ground in a real big hurry. Now the cold that's coming is a trigger for them. We we, are getting temperatures where they're out and about and they're gonna make their uh, uh, chrysalis and away they go. They'll become moss, we'll see them in the spring. Yeah, they make it through the winter, which is pretty cool to think that something as delicate as a moth or a butterfly makes it through our winters, no matter how cold it gets. What else we got going out in the garden? Well, we don't show a lot of rain. Again, another dry week. Now, they got on the weather report that Thursday, we have like a 50% chance of rain, but they're talking all of maybe a quarter inch of rain. Not enough, folks, not enough. So hope for more. Still keep your watering systems available. Winter is coming and we may freeze, and you may need to drain your sprinkler system. But until we get those cold temps, we're still gonna be using it for a while. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. I'll be back in a minute.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Welcome back, everybody. A um,
1: little brisk this morning. Not a bad gardening morning, though. 14. Fortunately, to be outside, it doesn't look like rain today. Overcast and really windy. But um, probably not any rain. So that's, um, that's a good thing if you're planning on being outside. But we desperately need the rain. It is it is getting to be a, a real issue for us. Did you know, because of, our, because of water, most precious stuff, do you know that it takes about 600 gallons of water to produce a kilowatt hour, which is hardly anything of electricity? The majority of the electric production in Texas requires water. We heat it up, whether it's coal or natural gas, we heat the water and turn it to steam. Now, it would be great if it was a perfect closed-loop system, but it's not. We have situations where Well, son of a gun, uh, it leaks, or we need to um, keep applying more and more water to make the electricity. And it doesn't matter how we make it, with one exception. Nuclear, natural gas, coal, they all do the same thing. They heat the water to steam. Solar does not. Solar requires no water to produce electricity. Yes, it may require water to produce the solar cells. But you don't need the water to continue producing the electricity. Until we can effectively use 100% renewable like wind and solar and and or hydro, that's not a big thing here in Texas. When we only have one natural lake, uh, hydropower is not going to be a big one here. But in the Northwest, it's everywhere. It's one of the reasons they have cheaper electricity we really truly need more water our water table is down too far those of you with wells any of you starting to bump against the uh bottom of the water table for you it's not very uh encouraging is it so we really need to get some rain and not just get rain. We need to capture that rain. Am I talking about rainwater collection? Sure. If you want, you can do rainwater collection easily. A five-gallon bucket collects rainwater. Hey, congratulations. But there are plenty of other do-it-yourself systems you can put in place to capture rainwater. Anything from that five gallon bucket to a 55 gallon barrel to thousands of gallons in the larger containers. But the real way to capture capture rainwater is to develop your soil. The better the tilth, meaning that crumbliness of the soil, the more places for water as it soaks through the soil to leave molecules of water around that little clump of soil. All those nooks and crannies will hold water molecules. And that keeps the soil moist. That keeps the water local. So the better your soil, the less you're going to need the water. Because you're not wasting as much. You know, when we get some of our downpours here, we get flash floods. What causes a flash flood? Well, for the most part, that means that the water that's falling is greater than the amount of water that can be absorbed in the soil. So that means that water runs away and it follows the seven rivers and winds up in the gulf of mexico but it doesn't wind up it doesn't wind up in our water table where we need it in the aquifer because if your soil is very very clay if your soil is very dry and nasty the caliche it will water rain on it and the water will soak in but not very fast And it doesn't take hardly anything to where the soil goes, okay, I'm done. Can't take any more water, which means it runs downhill. And we can get such levels of rain that that's where flash floods will occur. The soil moisture will be too high to absorb the rain that is falling. Now, how do we fix it? Well, number one, improving the soil. What are ways to improve the soil? Well, one of the easiest ones is to plant things. The roots of our native plants will break up that soil for us, and it'll be easier to let water store in that soil. It'll reduce the amount of runoff we have to deal with. You can do things like improving the tilt of the soil by adding organic matter. Organic matter is food for all those little critters. The amoebas, the paramecium, the the bacteria, the fungi. Those things need water to survive. They need organic matter because that's its food. If I have both, that means I'm going to get more and more and more of those little guys. The soil biology, which is the answer to so many problems from carbon capture to uh, food production, the bigger quantity of soil biology The better the soil will be, the better the soil, the better its water retention capabilities. Put those things together, and what you're going to have is you're going to have beautiful plants, healthier plants, more disease and pest-resistant plants. Your soil is going to be like a big sponge. When it rains, more and more of it is going to stay on your property. It's going to soak in nice and deep. It's gonna drain to the water table where we need it. And we're not gonna have that rushing runoff that causes the flash floods. This is not particularly difficult thing to do. If you're a gardener, whether you're simply putting a, a single plants in the ground, or you've got this unbelievably perfect, really, really full of plant garden, you are doing improvements to the soil simply by the act of putting plants in the ground. You are improving the ability of our soils to absorb and hold water. And that's what we're looking for right now. We need the ability that when we get a quarter inch of rain, which is never enough, it doesn't go anywhere. It stays with us. That little bit may not soak very deep, but it will soak into the soil. And the better the soil, the more likely you're going to retain that water. The more water you retain, the better the plants, the better the plants, the more water you can retain. It's a simple circle. So as a gardener, whether you simply are landscaping, whether you simply put in one flower that you really like, whether you've got 500 square foot garden, you are doing a huge step towards making our soil better and able to retain water. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're at the bottom of the hour. We need to break for the news. We'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Welcome back, folks. Um,
1: Lovely day to be out in the garden. I mean, it's chilly. Uh, Put a jacket on. Put a warm hat on. But it's not a bad day to be out there. Now, when there's moisture in the soil, it's a lot easier to remove things from the soil. For example, pulling weeds. When there's, the soil is moist, it's easier to get it out by the roots, which is one way to ensure that you've actually gotten rid of the weed. Now, another thing is, if you have the tools, whether it's a, a tractor with a grub hub on it or uh, something, uh, a tree puller, It makes it easier to get those volunteers out, namely the hackberries. But um, I I had a couple of elm trees and son of a gun, they give off a lot of seeds. And I have little elms coming up everywhere. And you know the new tree is always going to have the seed appear to fall inside of another plant like a shrub, and suddenly you're looking at your shrub and you go, I don't know what those leaves are. And you go over there, you got a full-grown tree trying to grow up inside that shrub, which makes it really hard to get rid of. So if you have moisture in your soil, and moisture doesn't mean a mud bath, right? Dampness is fine. Compared to the soil we had in the summer, huh, the dampness is fine. But if you have that moisture, this is when you go and get weeds. They will come out very easily. And like I said, if you have the tool, you can. this is a good time to pull up the trees that are volunteering in places you don't want them. It gets to be... Shall we say interesting? It, you you got to battle nature sometimes. When you want this pristine lawn, and you've got a row of shrubs and you know trees, you want it to look good. And between the birds depositing seeds and nature depositing the seeds on the wind you're always going to get some type of volunteer that you don't plan on. So you need to uh, take advantage of the conditions that are good, like right now, to be able to get rid of them. When you're dealing with weeds, you have to remember Never let them bloom. Because once a weed has bloomed, you wind up with the situation. um, You wind up with a situation where you had one weed. And the weed produces 10,000 seeds. Guess what? You're going to have 10,000 weeds. If you can kill it, pull it out of the ground before it blooms, well, you just ended a whole generation of that weed trying to grow in your property. You got to be aggressive. And one of the things we're going to see this winter that's going to throw us off, a lot of you with St. Augustine or Bermuda If you didn't do any rye, well, even if you did do rye, you may benefit from mowing during the winter. Hear me out here. Your St. Augustine, your Bermuda, it's not growing, right? Why should you mow it? Because there will be weeds in it that will be growing. And they will be growing taller than the grass and they'll be doing their blooming thing. And when they bloom, you're gonna have a ton more of those weeds. So even in the winter, look at your property, look at the turf. If you see a bunch of weeds growing up, that means you should probably mow. By mowing, you may kill the weed. At the very least, you cut off the top and prevent it from producing flowers, which means a zillion more seeds. So keep that in mind. Just a quick glance, and, and you obviously, you don't have to mow grass that's not going to get cut. Just those tall weeds. Maybe it would be best to just go out and uh, take a weed eater to them. Or go out there and just walk around, reach down and pull the head off the weed. There's some satisfaction in doing that. You know that, folks? Let's go to the phone. This is John. John, what can I help you with?
2: Hey, good morning, Jeff. Uh, I sent you a text with two photos. I have St. Augustine grass in the front yard next to the uh, street. I have a patch of grass that is probably about uh, three and a half, four feet in diameter. Is that grubs? Is that a fungus? I don't know.
1: Um, It's unlikely it's grubs. That's at the lower end of the list of things that bother our grass. Okay? Okay. doesn't mean that it's not. It doesn't mean that it's not, but that's That would not be the first thing you would check for. Is it possible? um, If I stuck my fingers in the ground where this uh, brown spot is, and I stuck my fingers in the ground in the good grass, will I find there's a difference in soil moisture? Is this a really dry spot or a spot that doesn't drain well?
2: I'm going to tell you in about 10 seconds.
1: <laughs> okay. Um it kind of looks like an area you would get if the uh if it wasn't draining well.
2: You know, I think you're right. I just uh I'm out in the front right now. Boy, it's cool out here today. Uh yes it is. Yes, the green grass, the soil is Good and hard. Uh, This other portion is uh, slightly uh, to where I can push down gently. Okay. For whatever reason, that
1: may be the cause of your problem. That little spot right there is not draining properly.
2: Yeah, I think it is a slight depression in the front yard.
1: Now, that is not going to kill your grass because we're gonna have opportunities for the grass and the soil to drain properly. But if you're, uh, if you're doing irrigation there, you may wanna watch when you turn on one of your zones, especially that zone, you may wanna let it run and then come back when it's done and see, okay, which one, you know, is it draining? Is it staying wetter in this area? The fact that it's spongy, that makes me think that there's water there. Now, that sounds like an easy solution, but let's talk about the other things that can be going on. There is a bug called a chinch bug, and it will cause this kind of appearance, Especially when it's next to a hot spot like concrete, driveways, roadways. They, they like that area. And that's a similar appearance. They chew on the blade of grass. <clears throat> they are normally hot weather bugs. That doesn't make it impossible, but it's not as likely because the weather's been so cool. You can get rid of chinch bugs fairly easily, Um, horticultural oil mixed up according to instructions, wet the area really good, come back in a week and do it again. I don't think it's the chinch bugs, but let's go down the checklist anyway to give you options. And also there, of course, is a disease that affects St. Augustine. It is called TAKE all root rot.
2: Okay, say that
1: again. Uh, mom, take, take all root rot. If you were to look at your St. Augustine uh, and it had it, the runners that run across the ground, set down roots, put up leaves, the runners are brown, the leaves are brown, and the roots are falling apart. That could be an indicator for take-all root rot. Because you went out there and you see that the soil is spongy, that means it's probably still wetter than the other areas. What can you do about it? Not a whole lot. It'll dry out at some point and even out. I would just pay attention if you're running a sprinkler system or something to make sure you don't overdo it there.
2: Yeah, I'll uh, reduce the uh, sprinkler in that particular part. And I do believe that uh, what you said about the damp ground is the uh, issue here because I looked carefully and it looks like it's a bit, it has a deep, deep, or not deep, but a slight depression in that particular area.
1: That's a really common issue in a lot of lawns. I mean, it could be in the middle of the lawn, it can be on the edges, where when it does rain, water collects there and it doesn't dry out fast enough.
2: Now, when well, you it, you gave me the name of this, uh, is that is that Tango Alpha Kilo Echo? Yes, take. T-A-K-E.
1: Oh, no, sorry. Sorry. I had problems hearing you. T-A-R-R. Take all... Oh, air. Root rot. Root rot. No, take. T-A-K-E-A-L-L... R-O-O-T-R-O-T.
2: Got it. Got it. What was this E-A-R-O? Or E-A-O. Oh, that was an error. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm taking down this, trying to write it. Okay, take all root rot. Got it. Yes. Well, I'm certainly going to check on that. And I want to tell you that uh, a while back, I had sent you a photo of our... uh, Uh, cedar elm in the front yard with the leaves that uh, had been bitten off by those uh, bugs and I did what you said raked them all up and uh, uh, I haven't had any more issues with that so uh, you have been very very helpful
1: Um, I appreciate that Uh, by the way those things can come and go So they've been gone for a while. That's a great thing. But you may have a year where, surprise, we're back.
2: (laughs) Just be prepared for it. All right. I'll do that. Jeff, thank you very much for your assistance.
1: Sure. Thanks for the call. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back.
0: This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> you know, um, John called and had a bad spot in his lawn. And one of the things when he was looking at it to tell us, you know, here's what I'm seeing, what's causing the problem, even he quickly noticed that it was a low spot. Water goes to the low spots. So if your yard has pits, has dips, uh, has a slope on it, you have to kind of begin to learn how to water that property. Now, you can't control rain, but a low spot is going to dry out slower than a higher spot, meaning that low spot can look overwatered. Shady spots won't dry as fast as those out in the sun. That can lead to plants looking overwatered. So look around these spots. Yes, it could be this, it could be that, it could be all these things. But these yellow patches, as you walk through your property, look at them and understand, wow, there's a depression here When it rains, water goes to the low spot, so that means that spot's getting more water than the rest of your turf, and it's looking bad. Now, how can you correct that? Well, maybe you can't. Maybe you have a slope. Guess what? The bottom of the slope probably looks worse than the top of the slope because you got all that water collecting down there. Runs downhill, right? You can't really adjust that for the rain, but you can adjust how you water. If you have a sprinkler system, and uh, if you have a sprinkler system, adjust how long it runs in the low spot. that can correct a lot of ills all on its own. If you have a low spot and you're like, I would really like to make this even, there are products. Uh, One used to be called Lawn Leveler. It was a mix of a good quality compost and a good sand. And they blend them together and you could use that to slowly raise that um, depression. So it was level with the rest of the lawn. What happened was the compost encouraged the grass to grow and the sand made it really easy for it to do so. So you would put down an inch or two of this, the grass would grow up through it, slowly but surely you do this frequently you can get rid of the depression that you have and level out your lawn, hence calling it lawn leveler. That way you didn't have these yellow spots when you watered. That way when it rained, it was less likely to cause you a problem on the low spot. A lot of times people will figure out that they have what's called brown patch. Brown patch is a disease that requires water, all right? If you are in the middle of summer and you haven't gotten rain and you haven't been watering, it's unlikely you have brown patch. But in the spring and the fall, it shows up because grass gets wet and stays wet for a long period of time. When you identify the brown patch, you really need to look around. Is this a spot that everybody else gets equal water, but this spot's in the shade? So the water doesn't dry out anywhere near as fast. Is this a low spot? Is this a problem drainage spot where water doesn't drain? It's just sitting there. Those are conditions that can cause the brown patch. So rather than constantly trying to treat the brown patch, look at resolving the problem that causes it. Brown patch is the symptom. What's the cause? Well, maybe you got a bad sprinkler head and it's throwing more water than it should. Maybe you got a low patch and it's not drying out. Maybe you got a spot in the shade. Maybe there's a place that no matter what you do, it just doesn't dry as fast. Brown patch occurs when the grass stays wet for about 10 hours or so. It takes that many hours of the wet conditions to trigger the brown patch disease. Fortunately, it tends to be easy to fix, but why keep fixing it when you can resolve the problem overall? Now, when I talk about it, you need to figure out how to water your property. And, you know, we always talk, don't water the plant, water the soil. We can't control the rain, all right? If we have rain, the plant's getting rain on the leaves. But rain is so much different than city water, water that comes from your well, that it's not as big a problem by any means as when you apply water. So look what's going on. Sometimes it could be as simple as going, wow, I need to run that zone five minutes less, 10 minutes less. And you get rid of the problem that keeps causing the brown patch or that keeps drowning your grass to where it won't stay green for you. Sometimes the solution is free. And those are the best kind of solutions, right? You know, it's like, what's the best car? Simple. The one that's paid for. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I got a break for the news. I'll catch you all on the other side.